So happy to be here again. Uh, today I'm going to talk about Ecclesiastes. There we go. Oh, you know, uh, scripture reading first, right? Okay, so if you could all stand uh, for the scripture reading. Today's word comes from Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 8. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. When the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when people rise up at the sound of birds but all their songs grow faint. When people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred, then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. And the dust returns to ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless. Meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Amen. By the way, those of you watching on live stream, uh, we haven't forgotten about you. Just let me know, and I'll deliver this to you if you want, or we can meet halfway or something like that, including this too, of course, and the mask. Everything is for free for you guys. I'm so happy today. Um, it's interesting that I read Ecclesiastes in my vacation because it was a very interesting book to read, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about this book. The book Ecclesiastes, the word itself means preacher. It's literally, literally a sermon. Uh, it's pretty short, only 12 chapters. Uh, it's a word translated from the Hebrew called uh, Koheleth, uh, which means one who teaches. So there's a teacher, and it's, uh, most people are guessing or probably reasoning that this is Solomon who wrote this. And it's a very uh, kind of a dark, kind of a more mellow, kind of like this weather today, right? It's a perfect time to think about the meaning of life with a little cup of bitter coffee and just talk about life. But this is kind of what uh, the, we'll say Solomon for our, our sake. And this is what he kind of examined. This is at the end of his life. He says this about his life. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. He had everything at his disposal, right? I refused my heart no pleasure. He examined the entire world and every resource, everything fun, he had it at his disposal. And not only did he wasn't just a lazy, you know, do good nothing, but he was also, he says, my heart took delight in all my labor. And he did one of the greatest things, even one of the greatest things about him building the temple is that the temple, which was massive, was built without nails or without uh, uh, actually drilling or cutting. They brought all the pieces pre-made and then they brought it. It was so quiet. It was such a holy thing. And God gave this man wisdom. And so there was nothing that he didn't accomplish. This is a man that truly was most amazing, more amazing than any person that we have ever understood. And then he says this, but then this is the reward for all my toil. What was the reward? 
The next verse says this, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, which was amazing, like most human beings would dream to have just a small bit of what he accomplished and experienced. He says this, everything, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So it's interesting why he would say that. The word meaningless here means, its literal translation means vapor. What is vapor? Vapor is something that just disappears. It's unstable. Or the word means empty, futile, right? Another translation says vanity. It's in vain. Everything you do, everything good, that and Solomon had done so much good, he says, vanity. I would say in a more contemporary word, he probably meant everything was messed up. What Solomon realized was this, at the end of living his life the best and trying to achieve the highest pursuit and the greatest of excellences, he realized life is messed up. Under the sun, there is chaos. He realizes in Ecclesiastes, as you read it, he talks about the reality. He's not some just a you know, happy-go-lucky person, but he sees the world as it is in reality, in the right objective view, and he realizes there is chaos, there's oppression, there is injustice that runs rampant, the killing of innocent, the abuse of power and the wealth. The same thing he says, there's nothing new under the sun. What it means is he hoped there could be something good in this world, but he realized under the sun, it's all messed up. Under the sun, he, sees, he says nothing is new. The same evil that we experience, he felt it the same. Humankind, we are cursed, we're broken. He says, what's the point of working so hard when you will die and then you don't know what's going to happen? So therefore, the same, the, the, as, he, as he both experiences the happiness, he experiences the same level of pain and wickedness and danger in this world. You know, he even says this. He says, a hundred, a, he talks about a person who, who had a hundred children and lives many years, yet no matter how long he lives, he cannot enjoy his prosperity and does not receive proper burial. There's people he realizes that live to the best, but then they suffer. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And therefore, he realized it's all vapor. Life under the sun is vapor. Good people suffering and bad people getting away. You work so hard, but then some, sometimes the work just takes over. You cannot enjoy what you have. And he, all, he sees all of this reality, and he realizes life is meaningless. You know, it's interesting, as I said, I read this in my vacation, because as I was reading it, I didn't want to read it. I was like, come on, man, I'm in vacation. I'm supposed to enjoy, not think about having a reality check or thinking about the worries of what can go wrong in this life. But, you know, um, Sometimes the beginning, just like, you know, the beginning of the vacation is more fun than the ending. Amen? Can someone agree? Like, we all go on vacation. It's so much more fun when you go and you're so excited. But then sometimes you come back and you need another vacation from the vacation. Yeah? And, and that happened, especially for us. Yeah, the night that we, the day we arrived, he started having fever and all these things. But, but what else is there, Right? So basically, this is what Solomon says in the, as he talks about all of this in verse 17. He, this is what he says. He says, so I hated life because the work, is, work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. 
all of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Honestly, I think he's a little spoiled brat, right? <laughs> Come on, you can't be thankful for all the millions of gold and whatever you have. But maybe he's right, all right? And so basically, um, he realizes that the conclusion is this. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. Eat, drink, and be merry is his conclusion. Well, you can, right? If the life that you have, all the toil, he says, don't work too hard. Don't be oversensitive. He says, don't be overcritical. Just enjoy what you have. But the question I'm going to ask to you guys is, is that really it? We'll find out what else he, he has to say. By the way, um, uh, you know, when he said, I hated life, I, I was really confused, you know, because he's, he's coming from somebody who had a great life, right? Uh, and just a little, little, little snippet of my, 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 my vacation, um, Korea is a country that's trying to have a great life, right? That's what they're all living for. And a lot of times, for the sake of great life, there's great cost, right? There's a great uh, um, a price you have to pay, whether it's environmental or getting in debt too much and all that kind of things. Um, but anyhow, so moving forward, here he says, a person, person gets nothing better than to eat, drink, and find satisfaction in their own toil. But he, of course, Solomon realizes, because he's wise and true, he realizes, this too I see is from the hand of God, for without him who can eat or find enjoyment. Now, Solomon is not just a complete pessimist and, not, you know, just, uh, just uh, he hasn't given up on life. What he's saying is, this is the reality of life. There's no guarantee. It's so fragile, right? What you work for sometimes doesn't happen. But when you can enjoy, when you can rejoice, he's saying that it is God's gift to us. Don't forget God is what he's trying to say in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes as he's trying to help us to live life not for the sake of uh, you know, pursuing uh, things that we think are going to become the great thing in life because it's going to disappoint, but it's telling us Along the way, remember God as we enjoy it. So, but again, when he, when, whenever I read Ecclesiastes, I didn't understand why he says life is meaningless. I honestly, like I said, I think he's a brat or I think he's mistaken. Like there are things in life that are so, so, uh, so bountiful, so meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. But then that's when I realized that I read this again this time. The reason why he continues to see this world in his lifetime in this such a way, which, which, by the way, doesn't agree with me because I'm more of a positive worldview person myself, I realize the big difference is this. The reason why I struggle to find sometimes, uh, I guess, should I say, the word of God through Ecclesiastes is that it's because Solomon is seeing life under the sun. Remember in this verse when he said, um, he says that uh, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. The key word there is under the sun. Because for Solomon, what's different about Solomon and you and I, because I honestly think, don't think that most of us will agree with everything being meaningless. Can anyone say that here? No, I think all of us have something to live for. We all have something that we love to do, right? And the reason is because what's different about Solomon and us is that Solomon did not know what we know. Because what we know today is that not, we don't have, sorry, my, 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 
I think it's my, my lack of sleep is getting to me. Sorry about that. But what we have is that we know that our life is not just under the sun. Poor Solomon knew life to the fullest, but the life he knew was from zero to whenever he died. For you and I, because of Jesus Christ, we know this life. And yeah, there are a lot of injustice. There's pain. There's sadness. There's messed up things happening in this life under the sun. But because of Jesus, we have eternity. We, our, our life is no longer under the sun, but it's under the son of God. Amen? Because of that, what, what we have is something that he never had. It's called eternity. Here it is. So Solomon saw things as meaningless because he only knew what was under the sun. But for you and me who are in Christ, it is not meaningless. We who know Jesus, who now live with God by faith, not the law that Solomon knew. He lived by the law and he realized even that was meaningless. But we are people who are beyond the law and we live by faith and the Holy Spirit. We're not just under the heaven. We are now from another world. Our perspective of this experience in this limited earthly flesh life is no longer limited to that. But we are from another kingdom. We're born again. Today we see this life not just as a child of the flesh, but a child of God. We see this life now as no longer just slaves, but now we're heirs of God. We see it as the, from now, we see this life as the righteousness of God. We see this life as people blessed to bless. We see this life as an army of love against the powers of hell that Solomon struggled with. Sadly for Solomon, he did not know what is eternal life. He did not know the blessing that Jesus Christ gave to us that changed everything. And therefore, because of Jesus, it is all meaningful. Look what he says. Solomon did recognize there's eternity. He says, he has also set eternity in the human heart. That's what he figured out. Smart man, right? Most people would talk about science, would talk about economics, politics, social, whatever, psychological stuff. But he realized, hmm, there is this thing called eternity. But this is what he says about eternity. He says, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Which means Solomon, this is a nice way of Solomon saying, I know there's eternity, but I don't know what the heck that is. That's all he says about eternity. But for you and I, we know a whole lot about eternity because eternity started the moment you put your faith in Jesus. And everything from there now, you have something new that is given to you by the kingdom of God that you have received. And how much of the eternity you receive is up to you, up to you, the level of your faith and the level of your love and the level of that you're willing to follow Jesus. You could have a little bit of eternity or you could have all of eternity right now. Solomon did not. So the, again, his conclusion as a wise man, as, and he's right. He says, I know because I don't understand eternity. He says, I know there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That's all King Solomon knew. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. Be happy, eat, drink, and be merry while you live. But friends, this is why I realized I didn't agree with Solomon, as I read his understanding of the world. 
Because for us Christians, it's not only while we live that we do good and be happy and to drink and be merry and find satisfaction, which is, thank God, it's a gift from God. Enjoy life. Life is so full of life and meaning. Everything you do, good things come from God. But Bible says, do not be deceived. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights who does not deceive us, who does not change. So therefore, friends, King Solomon, he was the original founder of YOLO movement. Amen? YOLO was written all over his scripture. He says, eat, be happy, be merry. Just know that God's going to judge you for good or evil later, later. But just enjoy life now. But that's when I realized, no, we are not people of YOLO as Solomon was, which means you only live once. Therefore, live it the best. Don't, don't waste your life just trying to do something and then regret it. Uh, someone, uh, a pastor who uh, searched uh, many mentors who were ahead of them, uh, and many of these people who have achieved great things in life, they're all their secrets. He asked them this question, Pastor, if you were my age, which when he was 20s, if, what would you want me to know that you wish you would have known when you were 20? Because now you're, you know, well-established, he says, and, and it was all the things that he didn't expect. It was basically, I wish I spent more time with my family. <laughs> I wish I was healthier and all these kind of things that, just like Solomon, it seemed like what you strive for was meaningless. But friends, we're not a people of YOLO, but I realize we're a people of YOLE. Everyone say with me, YOLE. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you for affirming me. Yes, I created this. It means you only live eternally. Which means your life now counts. It's meaningful what you do now and how you live now because it's not going to end. It's for eternal. So that if you're living in evil ways right now, turn from your evil ways. If you're living in sin now, come to the Lord. Be free from your sin. If you're living in generosity, do it to the greatest you can. If you're living your life to love, love powerfully. Because right now, the way you live is the way you will live forever. Therefore, friends, that's why Jesus said the one sin he cannot forgive is unforgiveness. That's why it's so important for us to live in love and forgiveness. Why? Because we're going to live like that forever. And if you and somebody are not reconciled, both of you guys cannot enter the kingdom of God in that condition. One of you guys have to stay or not. But the, what you can do is when you forgive, you can qualify to go in. But what it means is for us as Christians... We don't see this life as just one life and another life. We see our life as eternal life. Have you forgotten? This is what Jesus said. Jesus said to the lady, this is the uh, Martha who was so uh, sad that uh, Lazarus had died. And she was kind of criticizing Jesus for coming late. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live and even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is something Solomon did not know. So everything he did, he said, ah, what's the point? Just honor God and just eat and drink and be happy. No, we live for so much more than that. What we do now makes eternal impact for me, but especially for the people around you. Are you making an eternal impact for yourself and others in your life? Friends, today we're a people who are not afraid of death anymore. King Solomon, he said this, he said in Ecclesiastes, when I looked under the heaven, I saw something very foolish. I saw something meaningless. Human beings have the same fate as animals. 
the, the same fate comes upon them. The righteous and the wicked, we suffer the same fate of death. He couldn't solve the issue of death for Solomon. So therefore, it's vanity. What's the point of life if you do not enjoy it now? But friends, for us, death is no, not, no longer the question in our lives. We're a people who see beyond the temporary into the eternal. As Romans 14, 8 says, if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. As Christians, people who know Christ, death is no longer an issue. We live as people who do not die. Speaking of death, I couldn't, uh, when, when I went to Korea this time, uh, it, th there was a moment that was really sad uh, because my mom, my grandma passed away uh, about a year and a half ago, and it was so sad, and it was really, really sad just being at home, uh, even though we moved to a different place. You know, my time in Korea hasn't been a lot in, the, in my life. I, I left when I was nine years old, and I was only able to visit, but every time she was there, and she was always taking care of us, and so lovely, and you know, and uh, still, yeah, like I, you know, I couldn't hold back my tears just thinking about it. But how meaningless would have her life been if she didn't know eternity, right? Because in our family, right, my dad was the first to believe in Jesus, and that was the greatest thing that happened. Honestly, our family, if I could just share with you, I don't know if I told you guys about it, but basically my grandfather was a really wealthy man in North Korea, or well, back then was not North Korea, but northern area of Korea, and then they came on a vacation with the whole family. Um, my dad has four siblings, uh, so my grandma and grandpa came, and then the war broke out, and, they, and he could never go back. So he was like a prince. He was like a only son out of like six sisters or something like that. And so he was like the, you know, the, the, the spoiled one, right? But Basically, when the war broke out and the country was divided, he couldn't go back to his land, his inheritance. Every night, he just drank and uh, just looked at North and cried. And then, you know, after that, he would come home and beat, them, beat the, my grandma, my, my father, and all that just crazy stuff. But then something grabbed hold of my dad that changed everything. And it's the same thing that Solomon didn't know, but that we know now is that when you meet Jesus, when you have faith in Jesus, you see life different. Life is no longer the same. He changes everything, and it really did. Um, as a pastor, I get the privilege of to see many families uh, throughout my life, and, and, it, and you can see very clearly whether these people have Christ or not, or, or should I say, how much of eternity have they really, by faith, received and taken hold of? And looking at my family now in that eyesight of a pastoral care, man, if without Christ, our family, wow, it would be in such a worse shape. It would literally be, you know, H-E double hockey sticks. And that's what the devil wants to do. That's what he, he, he is existing right now. He's so excited to make your life in the same way. But with Christ, it changes everything. So, you know, even though my grandma has passed away, the, the consolation I have is I was so thankful that the choice she made, you know, uh, she suffered so much when my dad answered God's call to go to Dominican Republic, living, leaving all of his professional success and family members behind. My dad was kind of like the only one that is normal, honestly. Like, like yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just really sad what uh, sin and uh, uh, the meaningless things in life have done to our family. Um, but, but the only thing that anchors us and, and helps us to, 
should I say, make it or have something meaningful is our faith in Christ. And, and so today our family, you know, is, is, is night and day what, what it was before Christ, you know. But so ask yourself today with all truth and sober-mindedness right now, how meaningless will a person's life be without Jesus? Even King Solomon who had all of the wisdom, all of the respect and power and wealth, and, and, and everything at his disposable, disposal without understanding the truth of how amazing eternal life is and the thing that we can have it now, if he said if it's all meaningless, I wonder just how happy people's life can be without understanding this gift that only Jesus Christ comes to give to us. So today in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, I encourage you to read it. There's so many things that he says that you, you agree with. You're like, Aha, I, I was trying to say this all my life, and he said it. Yeah, it's a really great sermon. And so in the end of that, he said this is how he finishes his whole argument, his whole you know, speech. He says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Fear God, he says, because Solomon knew at the end of the day, even though he didn't know eternity, you're going to have to face God, right? And to fear him is the best thing you can do because that puts your life in the right eyes. For, for us, we understand we can see God much greater than Solomon had ever done. So that's why in our passage that we read, he starts out this last chapter of Ecclesiastes by saying, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. He didn't say if those days come, they will come. Days of trouble will come. Years will come to your life and you're just like, oh gosh, I find no pleasure. But if you remember your creator, it'll be different. So much more better than Solomon could ever understand. Friends, what does it mean to remember? It means to keep your focus, to keep your eyes on the Lord. The word to fear is the same idea of remembering because to fear means you're aware of the creator. So as you're drinking and eating and being merry, do it. But being reminded of God, fear, fearing him, aware, attentive to him, because he's trying to tell us how to make your life meaningful, make it count for the life that is truly life. A life that's not wasted is what God wants to give to you. For us, meaningful, meaningful, everything is meaningful. So as you read Ecclesiastes, as he says, whatever comments, just, just add this to the end, the end, blah, 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 but in Christ, right? Blah, 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 but in Christ. It's such a joy to see this from this side of eternity than it is. Finally, friends, I want to share with you the final key as we live in this meaningless earthly life. How can we make it meaningful? Here is the key. The meaningless things that you experience, the injustice, the, the, just the messed up things in life, I pray that they will make you better, not bitter. The problem with Ecclesiastes is King Solomon at the end of his life became bitter. He really did. He, he went far from God, as we know. Uh, he lost his calling, his, everything he did in his kingdom. Eventually, the temple that he built, completely broken. Not even one stone was left. Absolutely obliterated. So if I knew that was coming, 
that's really meaningless, right? He became bitter. But for us that know eternity, we can take the same blunt, we can take the same punches of the enemy and the same messed up things, the same sins, the same pain, the same attacks in this life to make us better. Because we know we have something better in Christ that we don't have to be bitter about this life. It's so dangerous. We can all fall into this trap and live this life meaningless when we let the things of this life in our family, in your personal relationship, in your own personal life, failures that you make, when you make, that, make, your, make it bitter as it did to Solomon, that's when it becomes meaningless. But, God, but Jesus who makes all things, even the evil things, he redeems it for good. He's here to say, hey, let's make it better. That's not my words. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18. He says, for our light and momentary troubles, that's the important thing, guys. Paul, who see it from the eternal perspective, who's even who's seen it, who's experienced it, he says, they're light and momentary troubles. What are they achieving for us? Meaninglessness? No. Making life meaningless? Vanity? No. He says it's achieving for us now, for you and I who are in Christ, an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do? We fear the Lord. We fix, we remember, we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, the things in your life that are crumbling, the things that in your life that are causing the bitter taste, that's causing the offense, that's causing you to be depressed. He says, don't fix your eyes on what you can see in this under the sun experience, but fix your eyes on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What's unseen is in Christ alone. Just like Christ, through him, the whole creation was created even the eternal thing, your eternal home, your identity, your power, your influence, your destiny, it's in Jesus, and it's only found in Jesus. Therefore, the verse right before this, it says, therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not grow bitter in this life. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Friends, that's why, the, that's why when he said, rejoice always, give thanks in every circumstance, Pray without ceasing. He says, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Friends, as Christians, when we have the right view, when we remember God and fear God, how can we not rejoice? How can we not offer everything? How can we live our lives unreserved, unreservedly with everything on the line so to say, God, have your way in my life. Let me be changed through the suffering in this life. I welcome the trials. I welcome the hardship." Because I want to become like Christ. Change me from the inside. So for us as Christians, we're the ones that take the things in this life and do not see it as meaningless. But everything is so meaningful. Your mistakes, pandemic, the suffering, the depression, the dark days you experienced, getting fired, being, being disappointed at yourself. Come on, take that. And let the Lord create beautiful meaning. In, those, in your experiences. Let's pray together in this time. God, we thank you that we are people, as Paul said, though we're striking, we're not broken. Though we're pressed, we're not crushed. Though we're persecuted, Lord, we are not destroyed. Thank you, Father God, that you've made us champions in this life because we have more than what this life can afford. Thank you, Father, for turning everything meaningless, everything we just want to forget, all the, all the bad stuff in this life. Thank you for turning them into sweet medicine for us. 
Our only prayer is that, Lord, you will make us like Jesus. So God, help us today to fear you, to remember you, to keep our eyes on Jesus and to live a meaningful, beautiful life because that's what you do, Lord. So Lord, help us to see eternity now as we look to Jesus in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.